It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that featured a host on a tarmac today. I guess I can't say that for sure, but I was definitely on a tarmac today. Welcoming Kevin Willard, among other people, among other people throughout the day, to College Park as Maryland basketball's new head coach. Guys, I've been in Willard mania all day in College Park, press conference today, welcomed them. But you guys, the outside view, obviously, you know, get a paycheck from the University of Maryland. So excited, obviously excited about Kevin Willard and Ball. So we'll start off with this. We'll get the Ravens free agency and some Orioles talk after. Let's start Kevin Willard, Maryland basketball, big day. Maryland basketball, here's the thing. Not a lot of coaches. Like if you go through our lives, it's been Gary Williams and Mark Turgeon. So this is the third coach, whereas like in professional sports, you're bouncing between I mean, the Orioles have had like 40 managers in that same time period. So this really doesn't happen all that often if things go well. Um, so Kevin Willard has to continue that sort of legacy. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Mr. Willard as he, as he enters into uh, the Maryland back basketball ecosystem? Temp- tempered excitement, I would say. Um, I'm curious, though. I, when I saw those photos and stuff, I was, I was curious as to, okay, this PJ went up to wherever. Did Damon go with, go up to pick up the Willards? Correct. Who gets to go on that? Do you did did you? I or believe it was else just him. I was document? not. No, no. Wow. There's no documentation of the private jet flight. Sometimes that does happen, depending on like you'll have coaches get hired and the content people will go on the plane. It's just like a circumstances and and uh, logistics thing. But uh, no, we were all waiting for him to get to mm. uh, BW. Uh, there's you know the the like private charter jet sort of way that's off to, away from the normal terminal. Uh, it was so funny. We were like driving up to it and two guys had golf bags that were like walking into the private jets room. I was like, cool. Doesn't seem like a bad situation there for those guys. No. Um, Jumping on a clear private jet and going on a golf trip. Are there security hurdles for you to just even do that? You have to get clearance to go out to stand on the tarmac. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You got yeah. clearance. It's pretty sweet. Clearance. Not that. No, the group did. I had nothing special for me. We just <laughs> drove out there. We just drove out there. Gotcha. Anyways, yeah, uh, tempered excitement about Kevin Willard. He's not like a knockout hire that, of course, when you have this much time to, to look for a coach and, and kind of ride the waves of, of all the rumors and such of who could potentially be available and what teams are hot, what teams are not, and who could be a candidate. Um, he's kind of like right there in the middle. He's not, he's not a gigantic name, but he's a kind of a proven commodity. Um, I was just kind of looking at some of his numbers today just to get a real feel for his 12 years there at Seton Hall. And yeah, he took a program that was pretty down the dumps and, and made it, a, you know, a program that went to the tournament a ton of times. Uh, and it, it became striking how similar his 12 years was to Mark Turgeon's 10 years at Maryland, really, because they had the same amount of NCAA tournament appearances. Um, their best year where they won the regular season Commerce title was wiped out due to COVID. Um, you know, just he seems to be, at least in terms of what he's accomplished, just, you know, Mark Turgeon from another program, but he brings a more exciting vibe, I think. I don't think anybody was too fired up by the press conference that Mark Turgeon gave, you know, a decade ago. Obviously, it's a very difficult situation that he had coming off of the Gary Williams pretty surprised retirement, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it just because I think there needed to be a new face. And, and you know, so many people thought that, too. And, you know, if you're going to be poo-poo that um, 
at, at this higher than like what 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 did you expect or what did you want when Mark Turgeon, you know, after losing in tournament games or not, you know, showing well in Big Ten tournaments or whatever, every time you call for his head, like what did you really expect to be getting here? And I think what they got, you know, they didn't hit a home run, but they hit a, a double. I would say, you know, it's a it's it's good hire. When you talk about what Maryland fans wanted, it seems, and again, this is just me, what I'm taking from social media, it seemed like people legitimately, like like they wanted Rick Pitino. They wanted those big, sexy names, and I get it. It makes sense. It's just a natural thing to be like, oh, this guy's out there. We could pay him, blah, blah, you know, we can get him. I mean, again, I turned on a radio station, and I heard someone say, well, why don't, why don't the Terps, why doesn't Damon Evans just back up the Brinks truck up to Philadelphia, and we'll get Jay Wright? You know, why, why don't you just go get Tony Bennett from Virginia? And it's like, don't, it's not how you're not going to get those guys. They're, you're never going to get those guys. Um, I, I'm with you though, Banks. I think it's, again, he's the middle of the road. Like, I don't think anyone was, you know, going nuts when they announced that, that it was him or well, you know, when the rumblings, what was that Sunday when it started to leak out that like, Hey, it sounds like he's going to be their guy. Um, again, I mean, I, I think if he can come in and recruit, I think he can get that. He can have some really good teams. Um, and talking about the press conference, I thought he won a lot of people over with the press conference. Cause I had friends who were kind of on the fence and I, I mean, he had that little, you know, monologue about, you know, probably look Taylor, you would have a better view of this, but like probably looking directly at Gary talking about, you know, I remember when Maryland basketball had, you know, we want to bring the swagger back and they would press after free throws and people were afraid to play them and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that gets you going. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This guy, I can get behind this guy. And so I think, I think that, you know, that, that was probably the lasting image of the press conference that, or him holding the mat, the huge under armor sign with his two sons, <laughs> Taylor, you and I talked about that before um, the gift from Kevin Plank, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, again, I was kind of, I'm not on the fence. Like, obviously I want him to do well. I, I, he's, he's the head coach of my favorite college team. I want him to do well. Um, I, but like you said, I wasn't like going nuts when they signed him, but after today, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about it. And, and I hope that he goes on to again, have, I mean, if he, if he wins the amount of games he won at Seton hall, I think people are going to be happy here. Um, again, I mean, if you can just start getting some, get some of these, the local kids to stay, you know, make the tournament. I think that that's all people really here want. They, and they, they want Maryland basketball to be what it was again, when we were growing up and it wasn't, you know, a tournament birth wasn't this season. It was, you wanted more and, and hopefully Willard's the guy that, you know, that brings it to him. Yeah, I, I kind of – I didn't – I'm not sure that I said my Mark Turgeon comparison the way that I wanted to. He's He's got Mark Turgeon um, like a resume, like a, accomplishments at Seton Hall there, but he's coming with a lot more energy and with so many more resources at Maryland. I mean, that's what you always hear about year after year and the fertile recruiting ground and, and they're going to get the basketball facility and, you know, coming here soon. Um and I think that he's, he's so well-respected among a lot of coaches here on the East Coast and the assistance that he has at his disposal that, you know, these names are starting to come out as to who he could hire and who could bring on the staff and what their recruiting backgrounds are and such. They're pretty knockout. I mean, there, there are some pretty great assistants out there that can really tap into some of the resources at hand here. Um, and that's, you know, that's the meal ticket. It's the same thing for football. Like everyone talks about how great the athletics are in this area and you just need the right guy or you need 
you know, a movement or whatever you want to call it of guys staying home and going to Maryland and, and, you, you know, it's time for those things to be realized. So I think Kevin Willard's a guy who could do that. And so are these assistants that are potentially going to join. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, Happy, obviously the opportunity we had um, coach Willard on here, the turtle. So there's a podcast interview out there on, if you'd like to listen to it, that includes me, but uh, I thought his embrace of the past, I think was the big takeaway for me. The, the connection to the fact that, you know, when Maryland was having its great run from, you know, 95, 96 to 2002, three, however you want to say it. That was when Kevin Willard was like, you know, between 17 and 23 or whatever. I think he, he said he was like 23 in 2001 for the Celtics after he played at Pitt. And the fact that he talked about, you know, making Maryland basketball like a cool destination with some swagger, like he is going to embrace that sort of attitude that I think is what Maryland fans want. It's funny, like Maryland fans want wins. They want championships. You know, they want all those things that Gary Williams theoretically brought, you know, national championship, two ACC titles, essentially one regular season, one tournament. Um, and one regular, another regular shared regular season, nine ten. But they just want like you to care and they want you to like feel the way they feel and they want you to fight the way they feel like people should fight and they want people to care as much. And I think that ultimately, despite I obviously any coach at this level, I think behind the scenes cares a ton. They want that to just be outwardly shown. And I think Kevin Willard today did a lot of those things. Talking about Gary, talking about a certain era talking about the way he wants to make Maryland basketball. And he's got a really interesting opportunity to do that with, as everyone has always talked about the, you know, and it was, a became a topic this week when someone asked Jay Wright after the second round game, why do you have so much success with three in the DMV? You always have two, you know, two or three DMV guys on this team that contribute. And, and like, those are guys that Maryland fans just are tired of hearing that. And I think that's, that's fair, despite the fact that, over the 10 years, there have been really good DMV recruits that came to Maryland, Triple Anthony Cowan, Jalen Smith, blah, 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 blah. But I think that's where Kevin Willard is going to have to try to win and just continue to be his authentic self to Maryland fans. And look, Maryland fans, and we're three of them, can get a little crazy at times. Um, and Kevin Willard can have to deal with that. Um, but I thought it was so funny in our interview on Here's the Turtle, he was like, you know, I'm used to fans sitting in traffic waiting to get to my games. They show up grumpy, then it takes them a little too long to get a beer. Then they're even more grumpy. And once they come and watch our team on the floor, I want them to be. I want it to be fun for them. I want it to energize them. So then when they get back and they have to sit in traffic again, like they did when they left, you know, the Prudential Center when I was at Seton Hall, but now Xfinity Center, he was like, they're happy about what they saw when they're sitting in 50. So he's a guy that kind of get. He's like a Northeast, like big city. He kind of gets it. So I think that was a. Uh, a kind of a cool note from him, obviously some respect to the past. And I think as we've talked about on the show before, I think this area from a sports perspective is better when Maryland basketball has really high highs, you know, you know, there was some consternation in parts of the Turgeon years, but like the preseason where they were ranked number two in the country was unbelievable. The mellow freshman year run was so fun. The parts of 2019, 2020, when they were rolling towards the tournament, was real. I mean, I, that galvan. There's no other team that can galvanize the whole state because all the other, you know, leagues and things have separation. So that's what I hope comes from Kevin Willard being hired. Um, Maryland now kind of has like 
a fresh start on both the football and basketball side at the same time with Shortovich. I know Locks is like three and a half, you know, whatever years in, but the way he's trending, it sort of still continues to be a fresh and new. Um, and those these two guys will kind of set this decade for Maryland athletics, um, along with all the you know great Olympic sports. I don't want to diminish those, but your two revenues, big revenue sports right now is what drives your so much of your fan interest. And so hopefully Kevin Willard brings that back. But it was a very exciting day in College Park. As you said, what a gift from Kevin Plank with the giant cast iron under armor. I think they just like ripped off the wall at the headquarters over here in Baltimore um, and brought down for Kevin Willard. Uh, but a very, very fun day. Um, and it was, uh, it's, it's nice to have a sort of a fresher for Maryland basketball in general, in terms of how the fans look at it. And I think, Eric, I think based on some of the feedback I saw today, I think people went the same way. They were like, oh, I don't know that. And people just also don't know, like Maryland fans don't know that much about Kevin Willard. So you got to like teach them. They got to learn about it. They got to be like, okay, now I kind of know who this guy is. Um, so it'll be very, very interesting moving forward. And, uh, we shall see one thing he did at Seton Hall and then we'll move on to the Ravens. Uh, he schedules hard. Like he will go out of conference and like go play people home and home. Like he played so he played Maryland home and home. Beat Maryland twice. Um, once at Xfinity Center, we're number seven in the country. So, um, no, that was the year before. Beat us at Seton Hall without his best two players. We're number seven in the country. But um, we were at State Night Banks. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. So. I, that will, I think, will you could have some big non-conference opponents coming to Xfinity Center. He does what he did at Seton Hall, where they brought teams in there and, and played home and homes and things like that. Uh, last week, when we were on the show, we talked about Darius Smith and how he would fit into the Baltimore Ravens defense. It's not on the team anymore. Signs with the Vikings, not signing with the Ravens. Ravens go back and sign Michael Pierce. They signed Pat Ricard to an extension. But the Smith saga is a little bit of the it's kind of an outlier. You don't see that type of stuff happen with the Ravens. Normally the Ravens, like in the Terrell Suggs draft, pounce on other teams making mistakes. Um, not that they made a mistake here, but you don't normally see the uh, the Ravens are pretty tidy with these things. But Zedarius Smith not here. And it's a blow to what, you know, felt like with him in the fold, a really AA++ free agency. Now I think it's still really good. You've brought in good players. You signed a guy like Ricard that's unique to the Ravens but certainly takes a little bit of the fun out of what the Ravens did last week. Yeah. I mean, I sat here and just like you said, this is not typically something the Ravens do in terms of letting things potentially slip through the cracks. I sat here and praised, you know, wax poetic about how, you know, players love to come here and the culture is what brings them back and all those types of things. And this, you know, what exactly happened is not exactly clear. I know uh, Mike Florida reported, um, that it seemed like they had an agreement in principle. And then Z saw maybe some of the deals that were going out to Chandler Jones and Von Miller and um, tried to rework it. And the Ravens said, you know, no, thanks. You know, I had heard maybe something a little more different, but um, I don't have all that much on good authority. So just so they, it, it was kind of a pipe dream if we're really serious about it. Um, would now that he's signed with the Vikings, what for three for 42, would we have been willing to go to that number? I mean, clearly, I guess we weren't, but um, whether or not that's the right decision, uh, it's a little bit pricey for somebody at his age. Um, whereas that eight and change number that he had, you know, we thought was the true number last week is a steal. So it's probably right around that 10 number should have been. But anyways, uh, Michael Pierce coming back. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of, 
meh on the fact that you're spending money in free agency on a nose tackle. Um, but he was great here and he was a great locker room presence. And I think that they're looking to, you know, move on from Brandon Williams and Pierce's, you know, he's not a young pup anymore and he's got some, some miles on, on the tires, but he's, uh, I'm sure he's hungry to come back and, and, and compete because he's had a couple injury injury prone years up there in Minnesota. And um, I'm excited to have him back. He's a good football player. He's a strong dude. Um, and <laughs> it seems like Pittsburgh is continuing to lean into the run game, you know? So, you know, I, I there's a sentiment and I, and I'm with it, especially with Joe Burrow and the Bengals and everything having such a strong pass tag that you need to build, um, defense that supports that and that's what you know the Marcus Williams signing is all about that's what all the investment in the secondary is all about but you can't forget about the things that make Baltimore Ravens defense is what they are and that's stopping the run and we still have a team in the division that believes in trying to run the football as stupid as that might be um, you still got to have those guys up front you just can't get bullied up front and Michael Pierce is a guy who isn't who's not going to get bullied do you guys have anything on the uh just quick thoughts on the Browns, what they did this week. I know I had some Ravens friends, fans, friends who were like, well, the Browns are going out and getting this guy and they're doing this guy and we're getting Michael Pierce. The Deshaun Watson is obviously a good quarterback, but what has he really accomplished in the league? Has he really, has he taken a team anywhere? Has he, he they, won they were, a bunch he, of accolades? He's made they were up twenty four nothing on the Chiefs in that AFC Championship game or um, the AFC Divisional round, and that's it. Okay, again they lost, and that's it. A couple wild card bursts. Sure. But. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not trying to completely knock the guy down, but he's coming off a year of not playing. Which I don't know. Is he going to be rusty a bit? Is he going to lose a step? I, who's to say? Um, but. We're still talking about the Browns. Browns yeah. is the Browns. Browns is the Browns. Uh, it's it's super interesting. I mean, you I mean you have a similar thing in in the in the Titans division already see with with Matt Ryan and the Colts and and some quarterback shifting going on. Obviously, I, I think the headline of the Deshaun Watson thing be obviously beyond all of the things that now come with bringing Deshaun Watson, which is, I mean, there's no need for us to get into it. I think that is well documented in places that can talk about it more than we can, but it's obviously awful and, and, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But if from a football perspective, the Baker Mayfield divorce is super interesting, like super yeah. interesting. I mean, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, this guy was the bell of the ball. Now nobody wants him. Like nobody wants this guy. I don't know what the Browns would trade him for. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, you know, I think if you were the Colts, you could have clearly gone out and got Baker Mayfield. They went and got out and got Matt Ryan. The 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 Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky. Like they're not going to get Baker Mayfield. So where does Baker Mayfield end up now? I don't. I mean, is Houston come like? Do they come back to the Browns and say, "Hey, can we? No, they don't want him either." So no I don't worry. know. He has gone. His fall is fascinating. Deshaun Watson on it. Just to touch it from my opinion on him really quick. I mean, he was ascending to a place in 2020. I mean, he led the NFL in passing yards. He, you know, was tremendous. I agree with you in terms of, you know, leading a team to any sort of real, like, postseason success or anything. You could make a case. People are going to hate this. 
you could mm. make a case that like in terms of the postseason stuff, he's kind of similar to Lamar Jackson in terms of like Lamar's probably played for better teams. Watson has dragged some pretty bad Houston teams to probably better records. But as you said, there's no like real track record of success. And as you said, the Browns are the Browns. So maybe Deshaun Watson will go up and smoke. I just find the Baker Mayfield stuff fascinating. I found his statement fascinating. I This divorce is fascinating. His whole mindset, like, will he be in the league in two years? It, this whole thing is very interesting. He's coming off an injury. I'm interested to see where he does. I think that Deshaun Watson is clearly an upgrade on, over him. If he's even 75%, he's better than Baker Mayfield. And that's mm-hmm. a problem for the Ravens, I mean, the- ultimately. The thing with Baker is like like you were saying, like the 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 Texans could have had him. You would think that they could have gotten him in that trade if they wanted him. And it sounds like they didn't want him. So where does he go? Does he go because what is there two teams left now that need a quarterback? Seattle and and I guess the Panthers are in the the you know the market for one. So is he gonna go to Seattle or or Panthers or what's he like? Yeah, there's some teams you, that could kick the tires on it. That would be a modest upgrade. Miami, you know, the Giants. Uh, you I mean, know, Atlanta it, now. Florio yeah, said the Lions. Florio said because oh who's yeah. can you imagine him playing in that Thanksgiving game with the Lions? Oh, well, my I mean, he, God. he would he be, be a running for his life the entire time. Yeah, because who's the um who's the old GM? John John Dorsey, I think, is in. He's in working in Detroit in some capacity. Mm. Um, which again, is he an upgrade over Jared Goff? Probably, but um, I, I'm with you, Taylor, because again, it's it's very. And it started with his note the other day that that random note it's notes app note at night from Baker Reagan, you know, Mayfield. Baker and- Reagan Mayfield. The notes apps, the Cleveland statement about the research they did on Deshaun Watson was terrible. It's- like, and I, I, there's just a lot of weird statements coming out of Cleveland. A lot of weird statements coming out. Of yeah. And that's so and again, weird. Like, if, if you have to put out a statement like that, it's probably like, ah, it, this is not a good situation. Yeah. Um, there's so the soul. I don't know. It's it. Twitter, Twitter has been a weird place this last week with like what you can say and what people have been saying about like, like I've seen Ravens fans be like, this disgusts me that Cleveland fans are rooting for a guy like Deshaun. And it's like, well, come on, come on guys. <laughs> maybe, maybe just, just sit this one out, but I don't know. It's going to, again, I mean, the division is going to be, because again, you would think that, that people are going to now want to play with them. You know, I don't know who's really left out there on the free agent market. Um, we talked about Odell before the before we started recording. I don't think that happens, but also I, I think there's still I think there's still I don't maybe I'm totally speaking out of turn here. I don't think the NFL has like decided what it's doing with Deshaun Watson. Yet. Oh, he's gonna no. be he has to be suspended. He'll be so, suspended. I, I yeah, that's just I'm still so astounded at the number. The number is insane. How did he still have that much we value? We talked about it a year ago. How it was just like this is the weirdest story, and I feel like no one's talking about it as much. It, as it, should. it got. It felt like it went away until it. It, it got very normalized. Like, mm-hmm. They were going to continue to trade him. It felt weird. For I we talked. Yeah, you're right. We talked about this. How like for a month it wasn't leading sports every night. Like this guy was like a media darling, a great player, and commercially viable from like a endorsement standpoint he all this stuff comes out and it was big for a little bit and then it was like ah like yeah should oh, we talk about the sean the sean watson in preseason just like hanging out as a player stretched before yeah, games what like, is happening not, now he's yeah. i mean boy is he going to be in the microscope in training camp i mean that is going to be that is going to be a show in, in cleveland that all that 
Well, you also had on like Sundays where they'd be like, I feel like it was like the middle of the season where they'd be like, you know, you're watching ESPN countdown and Mortensen would be like, and you know, healthy scratch, Deshaun Watson not playing. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're t- you going to say you know, why? Or like about playing or that, you know, Houston doesn't want to. It's, it, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, was, the NFL does, does not care. The Tom Brady thing during selection Sunday, the, <laughs> You know the Watson trade during the NCAA tournament. I mean it, that uh, Devontae Adams trade. Devontae Adams. I mean that's insane. What, what night was that? AFC. That was um. I mean, what is happening? What, they, what, what was big happening? Was that the first four? I think it was the. Did that happen while we were on the? Sh- uh, there no. They happened Thursday. Thursday during the first second round. I think. I think it happened Thursday night. Yeah, because I was yeah. watching. Uh, the first uh, the, the St. Peter's upset. It's it NFL is, NFL is king. Game. And the, uh, so again, another big thing, I know we're going long on this, the guaranteed money, because that again, I mean, you got to talk about it. Lamar is going to want something similar. You would think. And that, that fully guaranteed contract is going to, I mean, that changes everything with, cause I, you know, I, apparently the Panthers had the chance to do the same thing and they were like, no, no, we're not doing. What is it? Two hundred and thirty guaranteed. It's a lot of. It's a lot of pesos. And I, yeah, I, I can't know. honestly. The contract is so big for Cleveland, where it's like that's about what he would have gotten on the free agent market. And I know he wasn't on the free agent market. And that's why you give up the picks to get him to mm-hmm. get that access to him or whatever. But they're kind of, you know, really constricting themselves with this gigantic contract. And they're, I mean, three first round picks. I mean, it's and more like they put all the eggs in this basket and yeah. there's high, high potential. Not saying it's going to happen this way, but there's a high percentage chance it's a very risky move here where this cripples the Browns for, you know, seven years. I was going to say, I mean, I it's, it's a, de- it's going to be a decade. It's going to set them back a decade. Yeah. It's it's I but that was one of the first things I thought about was like all right if Deshaun is getting two thirty all guaranteed the next guy up is Lamar you would think and you know that he has I wouldn't say his agent has him circled he has those numbers circled you know so something to think about which I know you know a lot of Ravens fans are obviously yeah I th- I think it's I think it's I mean it's just the, the NFL is just this is why there's you know, a million podcasts and a million shows and day after day. Oh my God is in the shot here. I can see you scrolling Twitter in your iPad. The only man in America that tweets off his iPad. Um, that's so funny. I, I had never seen, I've never seen you in the flesh. Yeah, you have everything on your iPad. I think so. Have I? I don't know if I have. Um, but, uh, God yeah, it's gonna, uh, your thoughts on Pat Ricard coming back. Thanks. He's a good football player. He fits what we do, and we like him. He's a great clubhouse guy. It's he's a pro bowler. What more needs to be said? I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, why are we paying a fullback?" Like, come on, he's one of our guys. Have a card. It's also not a lot of money either. Yeah, come on. People thought when when it was like, "Is he going to get tight end or fullback money?" I think people were worried, and then it's like, "Oh, when the numbers came out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a no-brainer." He showed a lot of ability to adapt whether Nick Boyle got hurt or, I mean, even obviously switching sides of the ball. <laughs> and if, if you really need him to go back and play D-tackle in a bind, like, you can do that. It's, yeah, it's not something to get worked up about in a negative manner. So, 
there's a lot of toxicity out there in Ravens Twitter. We were good for a good 36 hours, maybe 48 hours last week when we thought we had Z signed. Um, and now we're kind of back to square one. So he he's just one of those guys where he means so much more to the Ravens than he would any other team. Yeah. Like I could I could have seen sure. some team trying to sign him and just being like, we're gonna, we're gonna replicate what the Ravens do. And you know, they give him 25 million guaranteed or something like that, or you know, 25 million dollar deal. And it just doesn't, you know, they just don't have the personnel. They don't have the, the coaching staff for anything like that. And it's like, oh, this is a horrible signing. It's like, no, you guys are just trying to do something that you can't. Like the Ravens personnel is perfect for him. And, you know, the system is perfect for him. So, Yeah, I think it's I think it's good to bring him back. I mean, I, it's just so – we talked this last week, but the Ravens fans like freaking out about the number and like who cares. Just bring the guy back. He's effective. He's awesome to watch. A fan favorite. Guy loves Baltimore. Promotes the hell out of the team. Like, he's great. I mean, he clearly, like, he's a Raven. Like, he's a play like a Raven guy, you know, if you buy into the mantra. That is uh, – that's Mr. Ricard. So, good to have him back. But, yeah, NFL continues to be crazy. Ravens continue to be involved. And now we roll towards the draft. Um, maybe the Ravens will pick up some some guys that are cut. I know they're still, you know, talking about trying to grab somebody at center um, and, and some other, you know, positions. So, uh, perhaps the Ravens will still be on the lookout for some Ravens dealings. Um, in Orioles lands, no Carlos Correa. Uh, that signing did not happen. So Carlos Correa, watch, watch over it. It was fun. It was fun. It, it Sorry, breathed Raul. some life into Orioles Twitter, I think. It was a good uh, good runaround. I will say Raul Ramos, who was my guy for a little bit. That guy, is, he loves sending DMs. I was getting constant DMs from him all day, every day about – anything and everything i was hoping that it would turn into something but of course it did not and and i tweeted about it but mlb having your favorite team's logo as the banner for all, all breaking news is awful because i woke up and saw breaking news carlos correa with the oriole bird next to it and i was like holy shit he signed and then it read signs a three-year deal with the with the twins i was like what the why is why is the fucking oriole bird right here so mlb has to fix that not great um, I mean, just another thing they have to fix. Yeah, right. Put it on the put it on the to do list. But yeah, it was it was fun for a little bit. I didn't, you know, I I never thought I didn't think he was coming. I wanted him to come. I would have gladly have eaten crow and jumped in the harbor and all that, like I said I would have. But <laughs> you know, wasn't meant to be. So maybe maybe when he opts out next year, we'll uh, we we'll all meet at the same spot and we can do that again. It was it was definitely fun. It was definitely fun. Now we turn to uh, we turn to spring training. We've got we we get, we have baseball games going on this last four or five days. But it's, it's been kind of fun. I've just been looking at the box scores. You can't really watch any of these games. You only just kind of get the uh, the clips they put out. But you know, got got Cal Stowers got a hit today. Got he, you know he, Robert Newstrom's playing game. He's played Iowa. We got two two I oh, oh no Taron Bobber played for Minnesota. Two Big Ten guys. In the uh, in the lineup today in the Grapefruit League for the Orioles, which is very funny to me. We need we need to get Newstrom on here. He would be he would be fun. He's, a, he's Newstrom a was so, Newstrom was right in my wheelhouse of college baseball when I was on all those road trips and things like that. He was so good at Iowa. He was so freaking good. He was a scary hitter. I was I was chatting with him today actually too, and he, I said I was like, "You guys got a good group down there," and he's like, "It's a blast. Like it's so much fun." Um, you talk, talked about Kyle Stowers. He hit a he went down and got it, and he, his nickname is is Light Light Tower Stowers, and it it plays. He's gonna hit some long ones. Um, Grayson, you know, 
got in the game yesterday. His first inning, Grayson's first inning was awesome yesterday. He had a rough second one. Um, but I liked them keeping him in there to, I think he had two walks. I think he went walk, single walk, uh, ended up giving, I think four runs up, um, two K's, I think two walks. I'm fine with it. You know, I think you let him get in there and, and get to see these hitters and all that. And again, I mean, it's his first, it's his first grapefruit league game. Like he's going to let him get his feet wet. So I was fine with it. Um, Adley's obviously the one that we're all still kind of worried about. I think when we talked last week, it was still, they hadn't announced anything. They were just kind of, you know, they're going to let him rest. So that's still, I think they said that's the point. That's the, um, that's the plan still for right now. I saw a picture today. I won't say from who, um, that he had one of those electric stimulators on the back of his elbow. So I don't know what that means. If it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, but I saw them doing some stuff with that. So I guess no news is good news on that front. Um, and then, yeah, the arbitration numbers came out and that's, that's what it has everyone hot and bothered on a, on this uh, Tuesday night so far. Give the, give the people the numbers. So Mancini filed at 8 million. They, they, they agreed the terms with um, um, Tanner Scott, like 1.06 million, something like that. So then Mancini um, off, he, he went at eight, the Orioles countered with 7.375 million. I think it's like 625,000 means means went to 3.1. The Orioles went to 2.7. So $400,000 gap there. So you're looking at a gap of like a little over a million dollars between those two players. Why you don't just just pay them is is beyond me. And I get arbitration, and and it happens to every team, and and everyone. Aaron Judge is going through it right now. Um, it's just I I think it's a horrible it's it's horrible optics for the Orioles. And I tweeted out tonight like I've, you guys know me. I've been at the forefront and kind of like the I, I feel like one of the louder voices defending the front office and the rebuild and all this stuff. It's getting harder and harder to to defend stuff like this when you have the lowest payroll in baseball and, and you're still penny pension to like, Oh, we don't want to pay, you know, the guy who came back from cancer and came in second in the home run derby. And, you know, John means had had arguably one of the, the, the most fun games to watch, you know, for the Orioles in his no hitter. And I don't know, 10 years, something like that. Um, optically it's very bad. And again, I know it's a business decision, stuff like that. It's a million dollars. Like we, we all know the money with the revenue sharing and all that stuff is coming out um from the lockout like it's just it's pathetic it's it's embarrassing and again i i know it's a business and these guys you know they gotta they're just they're doing what the warehouse tells them but like that it's it's awful i think it's awful so people are not happy and i i get why and again those are two guys that people go to camden yards to see and like you're gonna you're really gonna shortchange them over 400k and 625k it's easy to see why people are losing faith in 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 you know the organization and some of the moves they do. It doesn't really run parallel to any idea that they were going to give somebody like Carlos Correa a bunch of money. Well, that yeah. too. That that's what it is. Like I think I think now we know that that was kind of a farce. If they're trying to penny pinch this much, <laughs> you know. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this just <laughs> confirms it. If it didn't before. Yeah, and it's so funny because I last week I was making the point that it was cool to see the Orioles willing to like put out a high contract <laughs> offer. That was like like as crazy as it sounds of that being like a positive thing for your organization. I thought, oh wow, you know, 
they probably know they're not going to get him, but they drafted up a $300 million contract to stick on Carlos Correa's desk. And then you have two guys. I Sometimes, I, and I, I don't, you know, work in sports, but I don't work in a professional sports organization. And obviously in college, it's a, it's, it's a business as well, but you're not dealing with this as much, although who knows where we're headed here. But, um, you know, you as an organization, you, they have their financial situation. They've lost a lot of money during COVID. But as you said, you have revenue sharing, which which helps and, and different things like that. You use the word optics, RDT. And I think that's the key word, not only in terms of, you know, why can't you just give these guys an extra combined million to get to their number, but also like of you, 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 you know, got to this too. Eventually got to put people in this, in the, on the field that people have some connection to, like, what are you waiting for? I, I don't understand this. These guys have been dedicated servants. They've never said anything bad about the organization. As you said, Mancini came back from cancer, which is more of a personal thing, but came back and stuck that Orioles jersey back on and represented the team. The best thing to happen to the organization in the last four years is that second place in the home run derby. Give the guy a couple more $100,000. And then John Means, you know, if I was John Means last year, I would have been demanding a trade. I'd be, Get me out of here. Send me to a contender. Um, you never heard that. And I don't think there's any reason to believe he did that. He stayed here. His He says great things about the organization. Both of these guys' families say great things about, you know, about Baltimore and, and all these. Eventually, you have to make some commitment to people like that. And, yeah, maybe that costs you a little bit business-wise. Maybe the Orioles don't have that money. Maybe if we brought Michael Elias on here, he'd say, guys, boys, I got to save any piece of cash I have. We just don't have it. But because we don't of the know wall. They're moving back the wall. Yeah, moving back the wall. They're doing whatever. And maybe they don't have it, and we don't know that. But all we can do is speculate based on what we see, and that just feels like a weird decision. That just feels like a weird decision. And you caveated it 400 times, RDT, that it's a business, and that's 100% true. But, gosh, sometimes you just have to, you know, treat people well. And I hate to say it like that because I don't think anybody – there's no – I don't think the people sitting over Camden Yards, I point over there, are bad people. But, you know, that just must stink for Trey Mancini. It's got to be like, you really can't give me 600 grand or whatever it is more – even again, means means is asking for three point one million. He's not asking for for fifteen million. Like it's, even for the sake of avoiding the headache and just getting the process over with. Yeah. Again, like along. you you want some more. Hey, guess what? You guys want some more bad PR. Like Orioles take cancer survivor and no hit no hitter almost perfect game thrower to arbitration. Again, over a combined million dollars. It's just it's. Again, we talk about the Browns as the Browns. It's like they, the Browns would do something like that if they had the chance to. Like this is one of those moves where you go, yeah, this is a move that bad teams make. This is this is par for the course with you know a, a team like the Orioles and a franchise like them. So it's like a Dan Snyder move, except that guy spends money. <laughs> and then, he's a horrible owner, but he actually spends money. Yeah, and you know, again, he it seems like he cares at least. Um, and then you call. I mean, there was another article. In the athletic, where again, I don't know if you guys read this, that the Orioles are not sending their um, broadcast teams. Oh yeah, I was going to get to this before we got to the draft. We have to get to the Mass and thing again. It's not sending the broadcasters for the net for the Nats or the Orioles, so it's a massive decision. But as we know, it's a ton of Orioles influence in Massing because of the ownership situation. (laughs) I mean, it's just there's no other way to say it. And I know remote broadcasts. We have a ton of remote broadcasts. BTN does them for like Olympic sports. We had basketball games with a remote broadcast this year. We had Maryland football games with a remote broadcast this year. But in the end, it's a small-time move. It just is. 
That's what it is. That's what Connolly said in the article. He was like, there's no, he said, there's no way around it. It's penny pinching. Like they figured out that it, he said it would cost them millions of dollars, Masson, to spend, you know, you got two radio, two TV, a, a producer for each. And then he said maybe four to five camera guys or, you know, something like that. He said it would cost them millions with an S at the end, which seemed kind of high. I don't know. I don't know how much it costs to send these guys. Yeah, on I don't the know the infrastructure and, enough of the business there. What but, I've never understood, and and yeah, we should have like someone that like produces major league baseball games on here. I've never understood if you're maybe they aren't sending camera guys. I really should maybe know this, but why does every team not like sh- you just send your broadcasters? You just call it off of the other feed. It's like when when networks use a world feed for the Olympics, but then they put their own graphics on, even if they mm-hmm. don't put their own graphics on. Why there wouldn't be, you know, and maybe there is, like I said, I don't have, I, sh- you know, I did no research as I sit here and talk, but there's got to be a way to get broadcasters out to games without it, you know, being millions of dollars. I don't know how the Orioles do travel. Maybe these guys aren't on like the team plane or, you know, like when we bring Johnny Holiday to Maryland games, he's on the team plane. So mm-hmm. he's just one of the people that's on the charter. I don't know if that's how it works with Masson and the Orioles. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And it's I, just it, when, when those guys are going to be live with Camden Yards in the background from, and maybe the Masson will do a better job masking it now. Maybe they'll stick a backdrop behind them. And, you know, that's what Fox Sports does. You know, oh, we're, you know, we're live from LA, not live from Maryland Stadium, but they got a Fox Sports backdrop. So if, unless you're really inside, you could theoretically be able to not tell. The, the article did say that they built like some production studio in Camden Yards. So again, what that entails, I have no idea. Um, and it'll be interesting because I believe the or the Orioles obviously start out on the road, they come home, and then I think they go right into a West Coast trip. So we'll get that road game. You know, we'll, we'll see it on opening day, and then we'll see on on that long, not long, but that that West Coast road trip, what it's like. And and I mean, I I commented, I I tweeted about it, and I said, listen, when it happens, because it's going to happen, if if an announcer messes up a call. Like, don't completely shit on the announcer. This, again, they're watching a TV feed just like you and I. Don't, again, if you don't yell at Scott Garceau for not being able to read, you know, a bat off the ball or a ball off the bat because he just can't get a read on it because he's watching it on TV. And we all know how difficult that is. So, again, it's like, the, I mean, they're affecting people's jobs with this. And I know they talked about how, you know, I think they're going to reconsider later on in the season, something like that. But again, it's just like I, I assume that more teams were doing it. You know, I probably a handful teams, maybe 10 teams. And then when it came out, it was like the Orioles and the Nationals are the only two teams that aren't sending one. There are some teams that are only sending a radio team or only sending a TV team. The Orioles aren't sending either or Nats aren't sending either. And again, it's just like the, the hits just keep on coming. Like everything is just bad, 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 negative, negative, penny pension, penny pension. And it's just like, what? What are we doing? Like, what's the end game here? People are finally excited for baseball, and they're like, oh, by the way, they're going to be 3,000 miles away calling the game, and those two guys aren't going to get raises. It's just like, God, no, no wonder. No wonder. I think that sums it up pretty well. Sums it up pretty well. Can't wait to watch the Orioles, though. That's the thing. That exactly what you said. I'm excited for it to come back, but, you know. It always feels like – it's always – what a roller coaster it always is. It's always such a roller coaster. They just got to win up. They got at this point. There's the bottom line. We'll get to the draft. They got to put a winning product on the field now. 
and I, that doesn't mean they have to have 100 wins this year, but they've got to be competitive. I mean, they just have to be competitive now. I, otherwise, it's like, what are we doing here? Um, all right, let's get to the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, 20% off. I believe the buy one, get one deal is over. I think I saw the ad the other day that they had one more day left in it. So now go back and use our promo code, exit 52 You get 20% off your Fed Thrill sunglasses. Um, it was in the 70s, like multiple days last week. Very mm-hmm. nice out right now. Gear sunglasses, wearing Fed Thrill. Starting five draft, inspired by um, an, obviously an unfortunate uh, situation, passing away of legendary NFL reporter analyst, uh, John Clayton on ESPN, uh, who was involved in one of the more legendary This Is Sports Center commercials. We've been planning to do this draft for a while, but um, the tragedy involving John Clayton brought this back up to the forefront for us. And that commercial he's in is so good, one of the best. Uh, we decided to do a Sports Center. This is Sports Center commercial draft. Okay. Everything is open. I wish we had the capacity to like play these, but that's not great radio. So um, yeah, uh, hopefully most people have seen these and we can sort of describe them a little bit. They're all really on YouTube. So you can kind of go find all of them as we go through. RDT has the first pick. I have the second pick. Thanks. You have the third pick. So RDT, Sports Center commercials draft. I think I have to go chalk and just take the John Clayton Slayer T-shirt. The the it's a great ad. He's doing yeah. the hit, laying you know with the you see him from his like his chest up with the tie and the jacket, and he's talking about the four three and and the cover three and how it'll mesh. And they say you know thanks John and he and right away he rips it off and he takes the 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 ponytail the the rat tail whatever you want to call it out of his ponytail. And, whips it around, jumps on the bed, and he grabs the Chinese food. The 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 mom, I'm done with my segment, and as he cranks up the, the music, it's just like a laugh out loud. And again, I, I think it was Friday night when, when it came out that he died, and everyone tweeted the clip out, and I didn't get tired of seeing it once. Uh, it was just so funny. Um, again, I mean, we've talked about it. These commercials are just so damn good. That may be one, that has to be one of the most popular and just polarizing ones because of I mean, John Clayton was like, he came off like the, you know, like the little nerd. And I think that was always the inside joke with him was that, I don't know if it was an inside joke or he actually really did like those heavy metal bands. Um, but that, that commercial just, it makes me laugh every single time. So I, I must've watched it 50 times over the, uh, over the weekend. So. I remember when it first came out and I remember seeing it and just being like, everyone else is playing for second. This is, mm-hmm. this is the, this is they it. will not top this. And I don't know that they ever did. It's so, it's so funny. It's like the way he commercial. jumps onto the bed is so good. It's great. Starts just maniacally eating the noodles. <laughs> um, or the leftover Chinese food. That's a great pick. Great pick. Um, second pick, I, there's just so many ways to go here. But I'm going to take one that I think is just so subtle and clever. And has a legend in it and also has two other legends in it. I'm taking the Arnold Palmer uh, mix mm. and drink with Scott Van Pelt and Stu Scott behind them, which their like little interaction. That was awesome. I know. It's so good. That's all, and, that's like, all they it's say. just such a good, it's just such a good idea. <laughs> but a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, some of them are like laugh out loud funny. Some of them are more, you know, clever. This is just such a good, subtle idea. It's a 15-second ad. It takes no time. He just fills up the ice tea, fills up the lemonade, 
Palmer says nothing, never really even looks at the camera. And it's just those guys reacting to it. And those guys have such an amazing relationship that we've seen since just got passed away. I'm taking that one. I just, I've just always thought it was such a clever, clever ad. Yeah. There's some of these commercials are, are, they're just cool. I mean, they're just great ideas, like you said, and and this is one of the best of those. Um, and I think, like you said, also Palmer not even looking at at the screen or at the camera or anything. Him just having the aloof face, like this is just how he goes about his life every day, just making the honor Palmers all the time, and just it just hit perfect. Well, and his caddy standing right behind him. That's the best part yeah. too. His yeah. caddy just yeah. standing yeah. there with the vest on, yeah, like, with the with the, with the with the bag, with like the <laughs> like, golf bag, and then he's in full yeah. outfit. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Hmm. Banshee of two. Hmm. I am going to take one that makes me laugh every single time, and it's just the little kid in me. It's just I'm just it's so goofy. I'm going to take the Henrik Lundqvist Swedish Chef. This oh, I was hoping that would get back around. Damn it. I, I thought Damn you it. might want that one bad. And I, I love that commercial. It makes me laugh every single time. I'll just take a hamburger. <laughs> Linda Cone. <laughs> he just loses it. I have laughed at that every single time. I've probably watched it, gets it every time. Times. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's just so funny. Uh, great pick. I'm sorry. I'm talking all over your pick. I love that commercial. No, I mean, I thought you did a pretty good impression of it. It's so funny. Um, good pick. Then I'm going to take one of your subtle ones. This is funny, and I've been using it a lot this um, recently as I'm turning down social activities to – for tax season here, but it's just the Oregon duck looking out the window at the ducks outside <laughs> of the pond. It's just, it's like a five second spot. They used to run it like right before they're coming out of commercial breaks, just to squeeze in a nice little five second ad. And it's just so perfect. Like you don't hear the duck sigh, but you feel the sigh. And you I think it's that like shoulder sulk kind of the part of the beauty of these, this is sports center commercials. It just captures I know it's the theme of it, but like workplace, like the office setting, it's the, I think the best ones are in the cubicles and uh, that, that one just, everybody can relate to that a little bit. Um, and it's just so perfect. And everyone loves mascot ones and mascot ones. Mascot ones are great. Speaking of mascot ones, um, God, there's, there's so many different also eras of these two, which I think is an interesting part of it. You have sort of the beginning with the the Dan Patricks and the Kenny Maines and the Olbermans, and then you kind of move into like the Stews and the SVPs and the Jay Harris, the Stamberats, whatever. So that's kind of – and then you have the newer guys. Uh, I'm going to go with Steve Irwin tackling the Florida Gator mm-hmm. coming out mm-hmm. of the elevator. I just think that always plays. <laughs> have a look at this, John. Isn't he gorgeous? And then he's like – and the, the like that's my defining memory all the time, and I always think that's how the commercial ends. And then it continues on, and the gator like he's rolling flips around, Irwin, like flips Erwin over. He's like, he's like, John, need a hand, John. <laughs> There's papers everywhere. Like they papers everywhere. John Anderson just John Anderson just walks away. I just, it's just such a great ad. I, I, and, and right before, like his line is like, I'm staring death right in the eye. How many baseballers are doing that? Yep. It's just, 
<laughs> yeah, and, and Anderson just goes, I'm with you. <laughs> it's just a great ad. It's just like, a great ad. The elevator doors swing open and he does the like, he like puts his arm across yeah. his chest. Like, whoa, <laughs> stand back, John. And I go with this one. Uh, that, yeah. Isn't he I, gorgeous? I would love to see the outtakes <laughs> from that one too. Yeah. Just Erwin tackling that Florida Gator over and over and over for takes. All right. Great one. All righty. This me now? Yeah. Um, thanks. I thought you may have taken this one. Um, it's an early one. It's I guess it's early 2000s or late 90s, probably early 2000s. The Tiger Gallery. Mm. And yeah, he's it's walking. on my board. I think it's SVP he's talking to, or is it Stewart? It's Stewart. Stu. It's, it's Stu. And what are they, they talking about? Um, like lunch or whatever. Meeting up for lunch, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's cool. And then because you're kind of like, where's this going? And then Tiger starts walking down the hallway, and there are just hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> just filing through. Again, an office setting with cubes everywhere, and those, I mean, you those things can't be more than than two people wide. The you know those little walkways, hallways, and there's like 150 people there. Again, that's just a very. There's nothing to it. There's there's just there's nothing to really explain. Um, that one just gets a chuckle out of me every time too. Um, again, a, a very early one. I don't I don't know when it's from. I, it has to be early 2000s. Um, my next one, I'll go the Drew Brees, um, <laughs> the Mardi Gras float, mm. <laughs> and mm. starts out with the full the lines of cars and like what what is this guy doing? And he starts honking. And it slowly pans up to Drew Brees and the, the, the baby, you know, the baby on the float. Um, the gate is too narrow. It's like, I can't get through the gate. And he's hanging out of it. It's like, what, what do you want me to do? Just back up, buddy. Again, just a very like calm. It's, it's very, there's not much to it. It's just very simple and funny. I, I say that line all the time. Just like the gate is too narrow. Yeah. It's, it's I, you it's can say that to anyone our age. And I feel like someone would be like, I, yeah, I can't. I, I can't have it on my answer. board as the gate is narrow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In all caps. Oh, I, I just have Drew Brees gate is too narrow. Yep. It's I, again, that one is, it's so simple. It, it, it gets a laugh out of me every single time. It's very, very good. Um, I'm going to take the Alex Ovechkin Russian spy. And late night filings is what late I Late night filings. This. Just doing late night filings. That's just a good commercial. <laughs> How it plays right now in the current climate of the world, maybe couldn't run it. But <laughs> back in simpler times, a very, very good commercial. And it was like sick to see a local athlete on this. A sports center commercial like that mm-hmm. meant a lot. That yeah, was like, we didn't oh really God, get needed. that early on. No. It was Varley, Varley too, right? Sense. Yeah. Varley, yeah. Varley was in the ceiling. Yep. Yep. Um, he I plays it perfect think, too. Can you guys think – I don't know if there's ever been an Oriole or a Raven in a This Is Sports Center. I don't know. Not as a Raven, no. No, not as yeah. an Oriole I mean, Steve either. Smith, I, maybe he'll get picked as one. Um, but SVP, he represents enough. Yeah, I mean, SVP. I mean, I mean Testudo's yeah, one. Testudo had. There's a Testudo one. the star of meeting. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that will get picked here. Is a very just average ad, but it's cool with Testudo's in it. Um, Testudo in an ad right now. He's Testudo's mm. in every break of the ancillary tournament. We're not people, playing. people were happy about that. Yeah. What do you mean the Turks didn't make the tournament? Those are yeah, all the Capital the, One ads, right? They're Nissan ads. Nissan hmm. ads. And he's driving that car. Then he gets. He gets out he's and, a driver, right? Yeah, he's a driver. Big. It's big stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks. 
Let's take the Mannings, the Manning brothers. Yeah, I'm surprised it lasted this long. I am a just classic. Yeah, I, I really, I, I couldn't believe it was still on the board. Like as I'm was just starting to like take off, what had already been picked. I was like, wow, that one's still there. Yeah, it's just those those guys were so good in commercials, especially Peyton, and uh, you knew that they were going to be on one of these eventually, and so the expectations were high, and they definitely delivered. The best part is is Archie to me, yeah. And, they, and he he looks back at him, yeah. And he just gives him the dad like, and I think that's when Eli like points to Peyton or whatever. It's <laughs> it's so good. It's one of the longer ones too, right? It's I it's I feel like it's a longer commercial. There's I think there's a bunch of different varieties of it. But yeah, yeah. 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 That that plays every time. Yeah, and then I'm gonna take. Um, I, I want. Can I take? Like if there's commercials that are, I think they ran at the same time and they're similar in nature. Can I take both of them? Like, I feel like they're kind of the same commercial in a way. It's the one with the New Jersey devil and the elevator. Oh yeah. Yeah. Going up. (laughs) And he's just not. No, I just love the simple ones. The quick hitters. Again, that's like a five, that's like a five or 10 second one. That's a very good one. I think and it's the like other Jay short Harrison one is the with the thermostat, so I want the thermostat yeah. one too, but can I take both? Because it's no. kind of the same joke. You know why? Because I'm taking the thermostat <laughs> one right here. All right. I, the thermostat one is fucking awesome. The yeah. devil just hitting it quick and turning <laughs> back around after the Penguins mascot's gone up is awesome. It is such a good commercial. Mm-hmm. It is such a good commercial. The other one is good too, but I was taking either one. I was going to take one of them. I had decided to use easier for me. Both tremendous commercials. The, Both the New Jersey terrific. Devils. The New Jersey Devils is also just a good mascot. He's mm-hmm. the, he or she devil. Good, good mascot. Just a good mascot. Mm-hmm. He or she devil. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. I mean, I don't know. It's twenty twenty two. RDT. And these are my last two. Yes. All right. I, I'm happy I got these two. The LT mailroom was that was like yeah I th- I think I may have had that high, like very high on my board embedded on my MySpace page for like a long <laughs> period of time. It's just again that's a very simple one where he's just helmet and and it, the the fact that they're in the throwbacks and I had that jersey still have it made it so much better. So you know hey LT he's like what you doing he's like nothing and he's just trying to put it in every mail slot and he every single one of them like falls. And he has the dark visor and he can't read them. And they're like, the lady takes it out and she's like, none of these are mine. And he just looks at him. He's like flipping them upside down. That it's just, it's so simple. It's so funny. It's great. Um, and after that, this is, this is gonna, this is gonna age me because there's probably listeners who have no idea what we're talking about. The Y2K um, commercial with Charlie Steiner. And they're, you know, oh, they're like, we have to follow me, yeah. follow me to freedom, <laughs> follow me to freedom. And he has his tie tied around his head and he has the <laughs> lantern and like, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're getting ready for the Y2K bug. And so we, uh, that's a great Mark, Mark McGuire with the baseball bat. And he's just like, all the lights are out. They're doing it. Um, I think it's Dan Patrick is doing the, uh, the midnight sports center with the candles and, and the, the flashlight on his forehead, the Charlie Steiner one that, that kills me. Uh, it's so funny. Um, I'll, I'll laugh at follow me, follow me to freedom every single time. It's just, it's so good. And again, 
there there's there's 100 people who are listening to this and have no idea what y2k or charlie steiner is um <laughs> go back and watch these if, if you haven't seen any of them the best is that they're all on youtube so you can do like the full like 40 minutes like hey here are the best 40 commercials here are the best 25 commercials so that one that one's such it's just such a classic it's a great one those are both very high on my list i wish i had both of them there are so many I could take here. I gotta take a. I gotta take an older one though. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, Kenny Mann and Stu Scott teaching Kobe Bryant and Keyshawn Johnson how to talk to the media. That's a cruddy call. That's a bullshit call by an asshole official. That makes me laugh every single time when Stu Scott just screams at Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'm taking that one. Kobe and Keyshawn. That's just it. Those two guys. Ah. Yeah, very young Keyshawn, uh, Kobe. Very young Keyshawn. Aren't they rookies? Both. Yeah, rookie. It's like rookie. 98, 96, 98. 96. Finish us off, Banks. I'm taking Shaq, saving Mike the Tiger from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) I had that. That was the last one I wrote down. Yeah. I'm surprised Shaq didn't do like multiple. Like, uh, yeah. Like David Ortiz. Um, Cause he's obviously such a character and he, his commercial is great. It's, you know, but he, he definitely could have come back for more. One where, you know, he's such a big character. He's going to be eventually on a sports center commercial expectations are high. And of course they deliver. This is again, this is another draft that could have gone 15 rounds. We could have maybe done like 80 rounds here. Uh, RDT takes the John Clayton ad, Tiger Gallery, Drew Brees in the float, LT Mailroom, Y2K. I took Arnold Palmer, Steve Irwin, Alex Ovechkin, the thermostat with the devil and the uh, Penguins mascot, whose name always escapes me, and the Kobe and Keyshawn. Thanks to Henrik Lundqvist, the Oregon Duck, uh, the Manning Brothers, New Jersey Devil, and Shaq saving Mike the Tiger. <laughs> I have a million honorable mentions. Uh, Dan Patrick and Kenny Mayne having to talk to the media after where Kenny Mayne is like, you know, fan <laughs> show. And Dan Patrick goes on the rant about how they go home and I, this, this is my life. That commercial is so good. <laughs> I forgot about uh, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the perfect show where they're yeah. like, you know, it's Charlie had one, Bob Lee had one. And then it's like, Dan had one working. They couldn't look at him. And Trevor <laughs> Hoffman has like nothing close. Uh, Oh my gosh. Jose, the Jose race dancing with Carl Ravitch, mm-hmm. uh, the mascot conference call when SVP like calls in and no one can answer. Cause they're all mascots. <laughs> the <laughs> the Rutgers, he's like, hello, hello. The Rutgers mascot and Sparty, um, it with the blender, like blending up the, uh, protein. Oh, Buster got a barking dog. Oh, the star Wars ad with Andy Roddick had some good sports center commercial appearances with CP three Oh, knocking that, throwing his racket. And then his a rod, a rod ad. Both of those ads are very good. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, Viking assistant, Andrew McCutcheon and the pirate mascots, uh, big time. Timmy Jim. Oh, <laughs> Manny. Big time Manny. That's great. Jimmy Rollins and SVP, the Western Kentucky mascot, not knowing if he was a girl or a guy to go to the bathroom. Great subtle <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Hayward, the cutting the Stanford tree. Uh, like talking about just cutting. There's wood everywhere. That's a great commercial. Uh, you see the I bubble a, one with the Stanford tree? Yes. Yeah. That one's great that, too. Uh, go ahead, guys. I, those are, I have other ones, but I'll let you guys go. 
Um, I had uh, David Ortiz and Wally, him in a uh, Posada, and he's putting on the Yankee hat. Yeah, and he's teaching Jorge how to put it on. That was a great one. Um, the ping pong, the NBA ping pong draft lottery. Do you remember that one? No, I think yes, I think yes, that was on my list. SVP and someone, uh, maybe John Anderson are playing ping pong. And the ball rolls under the table. Oh yeah, or yeah, the, yeah. the counter, and he's like, oh, "Don't worry, we'll get another one." And they go into the closet, <laughs> and he—it's the draft lottery machine. Um, yeah. SVP and Stuart Scott with the warm-up suits, mm-hmm. and they, yes. you know, like they're checking into the game, and they fist bump and they pull off the suits. Which again, it's just an—that's a great visual, like ripping off the suits, like it's a pull-away shirt. Um, Van Pelt stealing LeBron's chair, the the King's throne. Like, you you seen? Yeah, hey, very Scott, good. You uh, you see my chair? <laughs> Nope. Um, and then another one that's funny, which uh, um, there was a couple more. The Kershaw throwing pencils through the ceiling. Do you remember that one? Really good. Yeah. yeah really yeah, good. That one, I feel like, goes under under the radar. Um, I think it was George St. Pierre who had the octagon. Yeah, I have that one on my list. Yeah, with the, with, yeah the what do you need? Like a post-it note or something? But yeah, come on yeah. in. Um, I, Taylor, I think you talked about it, but the um, R- Jimmy Rollins and SVP where he's like working out of a slump. And he's like, look, yeah. I, don't, I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. And yeah, he's like, and he's the like, chicken he's like next, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling there are so many. I would love, I would love a 30 for 30 just on Sports Center commercials. And I'm surprised they haven't given like a behind the scenes kind of thing. They kind of did when they celebrated whatever. It was like 21 of the, 25 years, I think. Yeah. For ESPN, they did a whole this is Sports Center thing. I think. Yeah. I, I just, I would love a deep dive into that. I, I'm because I'm very interested. I know, um, or you know uh, Kristen Hudak who used to work for the Orioles worked for ESPN said she was on the marketing team for the John Clayton commercial mm. and I oh, was that's like really oh. cool I said that's uh, that's the one like that's the one and I was curious because I, again I was like I would love to have known like I'm sure there are ones that we've just never seen that like what got left on the cutting room floor there were probably oh my god one of the ones I forgot there's awesome. an amazing one that's like the um the guy from uh Oh my God! Why I cannot think of a parody music movie? Freaking um, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Doing the sports thing. I was thinking of Sports Center. Dumb, 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 dumb. Like that commercial is so good. Um, there's so many good ones. Yeah, this could have been 20 rounds. Yeah. 20 rounds. I had any any for you, Banks? Uh, I had big time Timmy Jim High on my list. I don't know yeah. why. I, that one makes me just that exact phrase makes me laugh every time. And when he says, this is the franchise, oh, that's arrogant. <laughs> just married <laughs> two months ago. Um, I had the Steve Smith incendiary one, uh, George Marichon. Yeah, that one. Uh, there's too. a sneaky, I may have only been online, but the Mr. Met San Diego chicken one where he's Mr. Met's driving home with uh, Mrs. Met. <laughs> they got the kids in the back, and and Mrs. Met says something about some I forget exactly what, and Mr. Met just says, "I should have married the San Diego chicken." <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another one with Josh Hamilton and Mr. Met that's pretty good. That's yeah, um, those balls were his cousins. Uh, Jimmy Johnson hitting the uh, speed bump just came to my mind. That, I thought, that yeah, was with like the pickaxe yeah, or whatever, and he's pickaxe like, it. Um, there's the parking uh, lot ones are good. There's a lot of good parking lot ones. Yeah, there's um, Kobayashi sitting down and just down in two hot dogs. And <laughs> that one's great. Uh, there's one with uh, after the O2 U.S. Canada Olympic gold medal hockey game where Simon Gagne's just sitting there in his uh, Canada jersey 
um, eating lunch or whatever and talking to SVP about how great the win was for Canada and everything. And SVP just stops in mid-sentence and just asks him what kind of cheese is in a sandwich. And he says, <laughs> American. And he's like, that's right, American cheese. American. <laughs> um, and then there's one that I, I I like completely forgot about. I don't know that it was shown much, but um, when Jim Kelly made the Hall of Fame, he did. There's a commercial with him doing playing rock paper scissors with the blue blob logo or a mascot from Xavier. They play RPS and Jim Kelly loses and he takes his jacket <laughs> off, right? Yeah, he takes his jacket off and the Xavier mascot. He just, just puts just it into it. Just oh, eats yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're at like the front desk or it's something. It's just so aren't they? funny. Yeah. He just eats it. It's so funny. Um, yeah, there's it's probably dozens more that we can't even think of, but. They deliver so many times. I'm gonna it's watch so all good. these tonight. The three musketeers. Do you remember when they're the the Celtics are trying to come up with a it's nickname? Boston three party. Yeah. Yeah. For the SVP. I think SVP is the, the MVP of, of all of them. Yeah, combined. the one with Gagne, he still had hair. Old enough to remember. Oh there's the one with the high school kid, Jimmy Key. What's he like? Oh my 35? god, I can hit him. That commercial I, I is amazing. Say, I think I would have drafted that. I just thought of that. I Jimmy say that Key. line. It's like Jimmy Key. I say, I say that line at least three times a week. Oh, again, my buddy, anytime. It's like, what's he, 45? I could hit him. And they're like, yeah, he just, he just never panned out, you know? He, and it shows like his parents picking him up. Yeah, he's like, I've decided I'm going to be leaving Sports Center. <laughs> that would, I mean, that's a classic one. That is so good. God damn it. I can't believe it. Jack, you watched the that. game last night? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Key, what's he? That, that's what's another because he, like he was 45? an Oriole. He was an Oriole in that one. Yeah. Jimmy Key. I could hit him. Random guy too. <laughs> Jimmy Key, what's he like? Oh, I just got it on YouTube. It's so good. His All cadence right. is perfect. Like Jimmy Key, what's he like? Forty-five. <laughs> I can hit him. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Good draft. Send us your favorites, uh, listeners. I'm sure that can go to Ryder. Send us and send the YouTube links. You just drop it at the bottom. Of, yeah. I'm sure RDT's already put out the, you'll, this will make more sense in the morning tweet. Yeah. So you can, you can put under that. Um, Nick Kinder Medley, Maryland person of the week. Banks. Brackets. Mm. Brackets. I don't know. Somebody you, probably picked them last week, but just brackets. Are you busted? Obviously, yeah, I'm busted. I mean, wow. I, I filled it out the morning of, and I put, I made Illinois my channel. I mean, <laughs> well, last time I was really tuned in, like big time to college basketball was like last off season, and uh, all of Illinois players were surprisingly coming back, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they're the team. And then I know they had not, not exactly the season they wanted, but still a pretty solid season. And I just said, yeah, you know, nobody's going to be picking them. I, oh, they they might have it in them, and. uh they did not. So, but brackets, um, it's also WGC match play this week, which is always a great event. So, uh, the brackets just keep coming. Um, I am in the 95th percentile on ESPN in my bracket. Mm. My women's bracket's struggling though. Very much struggling. At one time, I don't know if you guys know this, and this is going to be one of the all-time weirdest toot-your-own-horn situations. I once finished 12th in the ESPN Women's Bracket Challenge in 2015. You pick UConn to win? I like got almost like every game right. It was unbelievable. Damn. 
Yeah. Hmm. Didn't win though because someone got like all of them right. Because you can, it's easier to do in the women's side than you have to. Oh, there have been more this year. Go Huskies, good terps. RDT. Um, my Nick Kander medley, Maryland man of the week is uh, the the people, the company who created Zero Tech. Because these nice days are great, but my allergies have been kicking my ass. <laughs> Thank you, Zero Tech. Yeah, like taking the daughter to the park. I'm like, well, Pollen City, baby. So. I feel like I need to scratch my eyes out with forks. And so Zero Tech is a big, uh, it's a big lifesaver. Mm. It gives me a nice excuse to sit inside and watch like 12 hours of college basketball on, on Saturday. So we'll do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the tournament. The tournament's incredible. It's just so, so good. This St. Peter's, you know, it, 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 the, the whole thing is, just, it's just, it just delivers every single time. And, and, I just want to say that the Ravel take that you enjoy the it more without a bracket is just stupid. You can still enjoy the upsets with a bracket. Like, unless you're a lunatic and you're like, oh, no, I lost Kentucky. They're my national champion. Like, just enjoy what's happening. You just fill it out. You just fill a bracket out to hope you get it right. And if it doesn't work out, you enjoy the tournament. That's how the freaking tournament works. Not like, oh, I remember brackets. It's just a stupid take. Um, so... It's different than like gambling. Maybe I feel like a good game to game where you're actually losing money. I know people do bracket pools, but it's a pool. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I do not. I do not do bracket pools. Um, (laughs) Tournament challenge when I did that for 2015, I did fill out a bracket. But um, yeah. And it's crazy too, because we haven't had a buzzer beater. Like we've had a ton of good games. There have been great games. Yeah. But there's been no like true buzzer beater. Sometimes the buzzer wins. The TC, oh my gosh, the TCU. I'm just yawning. Excuse me to the listeners. Um, the TCU Arizona game late on Sunday night was such a good basketball game. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. There's also been some absolute rock fights which have been entertaining. What, what was it, Wisconsin? Like that wasn't that 52 oh 48 God, or something? The Big Ten. Kish. Lord in heaven. Come on, Purdue. Um, yeah, tournament's amazing. My one honorable mention is making up weird games with your friends. Me and my friends right now are doing a game called being the guy where you like know the song. And if you're the guy that knows the song and someone calls you out to know the song, um, if you're not able to get it by the end of the song, they become the guy and so on and so forth. It's been very fun the last couple of weekends. So you guys can be, was this new to you or new? I hadn't done it yet. I hadn't done it. Oh, I guess you weren't there. Like in August or something when we had that going. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I was not there. Back. I haven't been there for you. It's back. It's very fun. And uh, yeah, that's fun. what you, everyone's involved. It's very fun. So fun games with your friends, which thanks feel like we have a lot of with this our group of pals. But everyone does that. I play with JFK. Oh, man, talk about a roller coaster ride. Shout out to JFK. To ask not what the coin for, you can do for you. Ask what you can do for the coin. We'll just leave it at that. Any honorable mentions from you guys? Um, you want to talk more uh, about Zyrtec? <laughs> I have kind of a who's back, and this oh. is a rare one for me. Um, I'm putting him back. I'm taking him off the the annoying list. I'm all in on Hezbollah now. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta be after after seeing the clips of Caleb him Presley and, stuff. Unbelievable. And I listened to part of the Dave Portnoy show with Dave Portnoy show with Caleb tonight, and he was talking about it. It's gonna be it's unbelievable. 
and I think he said it's going to come out this weekend. They're having trouble because they hired a Russian interpreter because they were told that he speaks Russian, but he speaks like a mix of Russian and something else. So even the interpreter he's was Dagest- like, I think he's Dagestani. That, right? That's so what Caleb that, said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but he said he, he speaks kind of a, a, a mixture of languages. And so they were like, the translator didn't really do much. He couldn't do much. Um, but they were saying it's taking so long, the editing and all that, because they need to get it transcribed so they can make sure that he's not saying anything that he shouldn't be saying, you know, like sending war messages across, whatever, you know. Um, but he was saying that they had basically no communication. All they did was fight the entire time. He said, like, they would be eating dinner and, like, the video that Caleb would put out, like, Hasbulla was putting toothpicks like he was Wolverine in his hands and just punching Caleb in the side, <laughs> like, as Caleb is eating a burger. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be unbelievable. Um, I can't wait. And again, I know I called him annoying. I think a couple weeks ago, but I'm I wanted I wanted to get out ahead of that before people were like, "Well, you remember two weeks ago when you said this?" So it's I'm I'm back I'm back on the other side. So I've cleared my name. Smart, smart of you to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I I wanted to be the bigger man. And the again, the video of them it. driving what looked like a rally car or a he go said kart they, or they were, that was dune buggy they were just dune bugging in the desert wild he also what a said that guy's living he right said dubai was awful caleb said it was awful he said it stinks it's a manufactured city he said it was it, it started in 1990 and he's like there's no history there's no like historic food there's nothing he's like everything yeah like you said everything is manufactured and beautiful and all that but um he was also saying hezbollah cannot take pictures with females because he's muslim so like girls will come up to him and he just like waves him away and that's it because he can't take pictures with them so yeah the dagestan stuff is so interesting with like khabib and how popular he is (laughs) what a world that we'll never be a part of (laughs) thanks any honorable mentions we'll get out of here i got nothing what an inspiring what an inspiring inspiring end April right at the end of the tunnel. Fan. Yeah. Tax season, baby. He's all, he's Just getting trying there. to get there, man. Thanks. He's getting there. Yeah. We're grinding. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Uh, make sure to follow all of us at E D I T T I 22 for Eric. Uh, you follow banks at Barstool banks. You can follow me at Taylor Smith 10. Let me tell you what, when I do an episode of this and hear the turtle on the same day, I want to say to hear the turtle stuff so much right now. Cause that's what I did earlier. And that is why I sounds like I'm thinking through the end of the podcast. Um, XP2 podcast on Twitter and Instagram, uh, thread little midnight for XP2 merch, Jimmy C for, for the best food in Baltimore bed thrill for all your sunglasses needs. Appreciate all the support from everybody. We will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.